Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Monique, welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Tell me what you would like your reading about. Okay, so I'm just going to read what I submitted. Why do I always feel like I need to go 100 miles an hour? It's hard for me to even hug my boyfriend for 10 seconds without feeling like I need to crawl out of my skin. Mm. So you were born August 9th, 2002, 3.34 a.m. in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yes. Um, okay, so of course, my first question, I feel like this isn't, of course, is, is this every boyfriend who hugs you that you want to crawl out of your skin or just this boyfriend? Every boyfriend. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but then the problem <laughs> is not the boyfriends. Yeah. And, and is it also with friends and family when they hug you? I'd say so. Yeah. Like growing up, I never had a lot of physical affection. So it's kind of like weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sure it is. So I think I'm just trying to understand like where that's coming from mm -hmm. and like, I guess how to deal with it. But I don't know. I'm just interested to see what you have to say about it. Sure. So I read your question and I was like, Uranus, this has got to be fucking Uranus. And of course, it's Uranus. First of all, you are a double Leo and you've got your sun and moon in Leo, but Mars is sitting right in between your sun and moon all in Leo. And you actually have a pretty strong stellium in Leo because you also have Jupiter in that sign. But these three planets, sun, Mars, moon, are stacked on top of each other. And that, first of all, is a lot of fixed energy. So if somebody touches yeah. you in a moment you don't want them to, if they're breathing fucking funny in your ear, if they're like, you know, they're hugging you and you love them and you like them, but also you wish they would just fucking order dinner because you already told them what flavor of whatever you wanted. Yes. Like that <laughs> is just going to bug you. Like that is just going to make you irritable because here's the thing. Having Mars sandwiched between the sun and moon gives you a really short fuse. And because it's in a fire sign, it's really hard for you to hold it back. And because it's in yeah. a fixed sign, it's hard for you to ever fucking forget. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So people annoy you. And do you, when you're pissed off and annoyed, and we're going to get to the Uranus part, don't you worry. But when you're pissed off and annoyed, do you tell people? Yeah. I'd say, well, it depends. I guess like with my boyfriend, I'm more comfortable to say it. Mm -hmm. Like if it was like with family or something, I I wouldn't really say anything. So with your boyfriend, are you able to be like, Jesus fucking Christ, stop hugging me? Yeah. Okay, great. Slash, <laughs> sorry for him, but um, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> but but that's actually how you feel. And so the good part about that is you're being honest with him. Are you affectionate with him in other ways? Um. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm -hmm. I'd say so. I mean, sometimes I'm like, okay, like we can hug, whatever. Like, I don't feel bad about it. But then it's like, okay, like we can stop hugging. Now. Yes. Yes. I respect you. So there's a couple things that are really specific to this. One is your cancer rising, but still mm -hmm. like tender and gentle is what makes your teeth itch. Like that bugs the shit out of you. That makes sense, right? Yeah. It yeah. It's like all that Leo and all that Mars energy is just like, let's wrestle. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you want to give me a shoulder rub? Don't fucking gently rub my shoulders. Like get in there and do something or yeah. go home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so first of all, I just want to say that's just your preference. Sometimes, you know, all that Leo Mars energy is just kind of toppy too. So it's like, I'll hug you when you're, when it's time to fucking hug, you just hold back, you know, and there's, mm -hmm. there's a part of you that really likes that. Now, at the same time, you do have a cancer rising, you do have a Venus Libra. So I'm not surprised that you would choose to be with guys who are really tender and loving and mm -hmm. sweet, even though you kind of want to rip their face off when yeah. they do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and do you only date guys? Uh, Yes, I do. Well, yeah. Yeah. So far. So, so far, far, anyways. So okay. far, anyways. Yeah. Respect. That's a very good attitude. Very good attitude. So here's the thing. Some of this is just, you're really irritable. You really, there's a particular kind of touch that you really like. And there's a particular kind of touch you really don't like. And 
those are things that you can work with. Like you can be a little more direct probably with your BF about like 80% of the time, do not like this like gentle, tender, snuggle moment. Like this is not for me. And the 20% of the time you do like it is what throws him off. Is, yeah. I guess, right? And you didn't acknowledge that, but that that's true, right? Like 20% of the time you do like it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> it is. But 80% of the time you don't. I made those numbers up, but do they feel accurate? Pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> the thing I think is, is letting him know what you really do like and also letting him know that 20% is like a really big percentage for you. So he should be very happy with his life. So there's a couple more things I want to name here. But but I wanted to start with this because I just, I think it's important to not pathologize your nature, to just be like, yeah, I don't like gentle touch most of the time. You know, yeah, I'm irritable. And so I need to be in the right state of mind or I need to be like in my body in order to want to have physical connection for just connection. Like that's okay to have those preferences. So I don't want to like gloss over that as mm-hmm. a starting point. Next, you have got a moon Uranus opposition. So literally when people have moon opposite Uranus, it is better for your body to like eat a little bit all day long instead of like sitting down to like three big meals in a day. Is that true for your body? Okay. I'd say so. Yeah. I think I feel better when I have like smaller portions rather than just like big meals. So. You're a grazer. Like I feel like you could literally all day a small amount and it, your body would be really happy. Now, that translates to your emotions as well. You do really well with like small amounts of emotional contact and intimacy peppered throughout your days. But when somebody love bombs you, it can really shut you off, like literally overload the circuitry and shut it off. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that actually does really make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Uranus is electricity and the moon is our emotions. And so there's this way that, I mean, it's like, this is kind of like a, a complicated thing. But if somebody's like texting you throughout the day and sharing cute things with you, not asking you to do something or to connect, but just like showing up, sending you a heart emoji, whatever the fuck, like a TikTok they think is fun. That actually does feel good to you. But if somebody's trying to track your movements or ask something from you, it okay, so yeah. I'm on to something here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you um, are. That's where you start to feel like you're being controlled. You start to feel like somebody is trying to take something from you. Like it feels like someone's reaching into your trust and trying to pull your heart. And you're like, hell no, this stays inside my body. Yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult. <laughs> and the Uranus moon opposition. You know, if you read old school astrology books, they have lots of shitty things to say about women with this aspect because they're misogynist and Mm. not worth listening to. But the reason why they say that is because it doesn't make you obedient. It doesn't make you well suited to domestic life. This aspect makes it so that your nature is that you really need things in small bite-sized pieces and you really need a lot of autonomy and space. And that doesn't mean that you're not committed to people because it looks like when you are fixated on a person you want to be with, you're very serious about them, whether it's a friend, a boyfriend, whatever. Like you're you're like scary loyal. (laughs) I would say you've got this Leo in you. So you're fierce. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But when they are on your jock is when you're just it's just like you don't feel fiercely loyal you feel like why are you trying to fuck with me that's all it feels like even though your brain knows they're just trying to hang out or whatever Mm -hmm. you're you're it's like something shuts down inside of you now yeah this is related to a couple of things one is i mean you got a lot of fixed energy in your chart so Mm -hmm. if you're thinking about eating a pizza and someone's like come over and eat whatever, you know, spaghetti, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know that I'm thinking about pizza, right? Like there's yeah. just like part of me that's very annoying. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and that is like fixed energy stuff that, you know, I think if you decide to make that a priority for you, you can get more flexible with time. You know, it just means like breathing through those rigid re- emotional responses you have and like remembering like, this is my friend. I actually like this guy or whatever. And just yeah. like breathing through it. So you don't, you don't respond in the same way that you react. But then there's the other shit. And do you still talk to your parents? Uh, Yeah, I live with my mom. 
Yeah. Oh, you live with your mom. Okay. Yeah. And is your dad still around? Um, he is. Yeah, he lives in the same city, but I haven't been as like close to him mm-hmm. in these past few months. But but yeah, I mean, I do text him every once in a while. Okay. And were you raised with both of them or just her? Uh, with both of them until I was like. 12 that's when they got divorced so it was kind of like on and off with mm-hmm. him but yeah so this gets into this other layer you've got saturn in the 12th house and pluto in the sixth house was your dad a very domineering person like everything in the house needed to kind of revolve around him yeah okay and your mom kind of let that happen until she didn't is that is that how it went yes yeah mm-hmm. the way i can see that is through this Saturn in the 12th house is like your mom just like being like, well, in order to be a mom, in order to be a wife, I've got to just suck it up. I've just got to mm-hmm. do it. And your dad was the kind of person who's just like, I'll take what I want. I'll tell you what I want. I'll tell you mm-hmm. when I fucking need it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so it just created kind of like a perfect monster. And when your mom was like, wait a minute, this does not need to be our lives because it wasn't just about you. I mean, it wasn't just about her. It was about you. It was almost like she had seemed so weak and he had seemed so strong. And then it flipped, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But by the time it flipped, you had already gone through like your early developmental issues. And so in your early developmental experience, in in other words, in your childhood, you saw a weak parent getting bulldozed and a strong parent getting what he needed. And you didn't want to be either of them, but you knew, Stellium and Leo, that if you were going to be someone, you were not going to be fucking bulldozed. You were going to be the one telling people what the fuck, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of what we're here to talk about, because, you know, it's like you you wrote the email and I think you named it patience or impatience or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, Uranus. But then when mm-hmm. I looked at your chart, I was like, okay, so it's not just about patience it's about power and self-reliance for you Mm. because it's not like with your boyfriend or your bestie when this sort of thing comes up that you are feeling impatient alone you're also feeling like are you trying to control me because i need to make sure that everyone knows where i stand because i don't want to be bulldozed i don't want to be taken advantage of Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is you assert what you want, you assert what you need out of kind of like a self-defense mechanism. And then you don't really get what you want or need because when you're not in a moment of self-defense, you don't even want those things most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it really, again, this is why you would date. You didn't say this, but he's kind of like a puppy dog, right? The guy you're dating. Definitely. I call him a golden retriever boy. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He looks like a golden retriever to me, too. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't expect on the surface that you would go out with a golden retriever. But this Mm -hmm. is why, because he's not always taking it personally when you're like pit bullying him. You know, he's not trying to compete for power with you. And that Mm -hmm. makes this doable for you. But on top of it, my guess is that even when you're like, listen, I need you to give me space. We can hang out tonight, but you need to like not be on me. When you're actually hanging out, sometimes he'll be like, yeah, but I'm going to love on you anyways. And then you're like yeah. secretly not telling him, but thank God he's doing this because it's this actually what I want now. It's not what I wanted 20 minutes ago when I said what I said, but it's what I want now. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like naming some very deep and complex things in your psyche, right? And in your birth chart. At the end of the day, What's true to your nature, I mean, you may need to shave off the sharp edges, right? You may Mm. need to figure out how to be a little bit more compromising and not let people see your first reactions because you don't even mean them a lot of the times. Um, So there's work to be done on that, but you don't need to be anyone other than who you are. And you are, I mean, I called you a pit bull. I kind of stand behind it, but you're (laughs) a lion. You're you're a lion, Mm -hmm. right? You're not a domesticated cat. You're a lion. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't need to change. I want to be emphatic about that. I know I already said it, but I feel like I have to say it again because I feel like so much of the world tells strong, powerful women to change. And I'm not going to. I do not. But thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. But this part that is more Saturn and Pluto, this part that is more 
your parents, like you being your dad because you don't want to be your mom, it puts you in a bad position because it's reacting to something that's not happening. It's you engaging with life from survival mechanisms that aren't necessarily needed for your situation. Mm. That can get you in situations with the people you deeply care about, where you're acting in ways that you know you don't mean, but you can't stop yourself from acting that way because you're driven by this need to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And what makes it more complicated is fucking Uranus. So Uranus opposite the moon, it's just everything moves so fast inside of you. Like it moves so fast inside of you. So, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you and you're not like interrupting me and talking over me and all that kind of stuff, which is very Uranian thing to do. (laughs) But my guess is that inside of you, your thoughts and feelings are moving really, really quickly through lots of information. Is that is that how you run? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people who have strong Uranus aspects like this one, they get all kinds of diagnoses like ADD stuff because the way you process information is a little out of time with so much of what's happening because you're so fast. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking about what you're going to say in this moment, but you're also thinking about what you're going to say afterwards. Like you can't help it. Like you're just moving fast. And Mm -hmm. this complicates everything because when your survival mechanisms are like, I better fucking like assert myself, I better put myself forward in whatever way. Like I need to like make sure again, I'm not being the victim in this situation. You're so good at it. You're way too good at it. You're excellent at it. I'm so sorry to say you are very fucking good at it. And that is in part because of how intensely you want to be good at it because you you don't want to be victimized. You don't want to be at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. And the other part is because fucking Uranus moves so fast that you can figure out what to say that's just going to like get a person. Oh, yeah, I can. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it is terrible. Slash also, we don't want you to ever lose that. Yeah. We just want you to be able to use it on your enemies <laughs> and not your allies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not on the people who actually like you are obsessed with and love and care about. Yeah. Because if you have a boyfriend, you're probably kind of obsessed with him and love him and care about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just kind of how you do things. You, yeah. You're all you're all in, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, this reading isn't about the boyfriend, but when I look at that relationship, it just looks like a great example of like what you aren't in danger here. Like there's nothing really wrong. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of things wrong, but nothing mm-hmm. really wrong, you know? Yeah. Which is why it's a great example of how that impatience, that feeling of like I'm going to crawl out of my fucking skin Mm-hmm. isn't about what's happening in that situation that I'm annoyed and I don't want to be hugging right now. That might be about the situation, but the like, I will do anything to make this stop. That is about something else. And that brings me to this final piece that I want to name, which is all of the stuff we've been talking about is focusing on your, your survival instincts, uh, you know, on self-preservation, on thinking about the future on thinking about thinking And Mm -hmm. all of that stuff keeps you out of your body. When I look at your birth chart, my friend, you have one planet in Earth, and that is it. Mercury. (laughs) If we want to include Chiron, which it's not a planet, it's an asteroid, that's in Mm -hmm. Capricorn. But Mercury is the only planet you've got in Earth, and that's in fucking Virgo. Such Mm -hmm. an analytic, in-its-head kind of energy. And so getting in your body it can be quite hard. So yeah. are you like an athletic person? Are you a sporty spice? Uh, I used to be like in high school for sure. Mm-hmm. But, but now? But now since I graduated, not really. I mean, I would want to like go back in sports. Like, I don't when know. You, when you were in sports, what kind of sports were you in? Were you like in com- competitive sports or personal uh, best sports? Uh, Yeah, I played volleyball for many years. So Wow. Okay. Sport. It's you get to punch it right? You have to hit things. Volleyball? Is yep. that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mars loves to hit things. So a couple of things. One is going to be very annoying. So get ready. Okay. Um, okay. If you can get yourself back into some sort of a physical outlet situation, that would really help because using your Mars really works out a lot of the rigidity that comes up inside of you because people don't do things the way you would do them. Life doesn't go at the pace that you would prefer it to go. So you can get agitated. Yeah. Being able to hit balls, people like outrun someone. This is good for you. This is very good for you. Mars is competitive. And so it's great for you to have that kind of an outlet. 
the part that I think you won't like as much is that I feel like you would do really good with like yoga or mm. something that's really slow and breathy. Have you ever done anything like that? Um, not really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of just like, like my mind isn't there. Like I, it's hard for me to be present, I guess. Yes. So. That's why, that's exactly why I want you to do yoga. That's why it's annoying advice mm. that I'm giving you because you're not present for really good reason. One part that moon Uranus opposition is that it's just not your nature. Like you tend to be future. Right. And so yeah. I'm not saying that you need to change your nature, but the other reasons why you have a hard time being present is because you're annoyed a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very hard to sit with your annoyances and not turn them into thoughts. Being like, I'm annoyed. Why am I annoyed? Oh, that fucking person is annoying. That's why I'm annoyed. What can I do? What can I say to that person? So you, you run through scenarios is my sense mm -hmm. um, as a way to kind of like look for the answer, quote unquote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying which again is annoying, is if you had a practice that included and involved your body where you just practiced not chasing your thoughts. So your mind will wander. That's 100% guaranteed. But you don't have to chase your thoughts. And every time you, you are like, oh, I've been thinking about this thing for like, you know, full minute, you can be like, oh, shit. OK, I'm going to stop thinking about it. That yeah. is the practice that will help you with this thing of, I want to rip my face off. Why is he still hugging me, even though I love him? Yeah. And I guess another thing with that is this past year, I got diagnosed with PMDD. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Is it like extreme PMS? Yes. So, well, I mean, I'm on meds now that help with that. But before that, I was just really irritated on top of that. Mm. So even then, like, I just didn't want him to touch me. It came to that point yes. where I was like, just please don't touch me. Basically, I only felt good for like a month around the time I was ovulating or like before you mean I a week ovulating. yeah you mean a week, sorry, a, week. Uh -huh. yeah. a week before you're ovulating yeah that mm -hmm. fucking yeah, sucks and is yeah. the is the med they've given you and you don't have to talk about this but is the med they've given you like a hormonal adjustment or is it like a psych med yeah it's a antidepressant I was on birth control they uh gave me that too but I, I just don't like how it affects yeah. my body so yeah and but the antidepressant's working it is yeah Fabulous. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank so you. let's talk about your hormones for a second. I'm not a doctor and you know, I'm, I'm going to say something I've said before. I never think anyone should take medical advice from a fucking astrologer or a psychic. That is just not a great idea in life. You know, there are alternative doctors that are actual doctors and then there are mainstream doctors. Listen to them. That mm -hmm. said, what my question is, and you may or may not have the answer, is, is it that you have a hormonal imbalance on some level and it creates depression and so what the antidepressant does is it medicates the symptoms that the hormonal imbalance caused but there's still a hormonal imbalance or yeah. is it just that pmdd makes people depressed and therefore they medicated the depression yeah is, is there a hormonal problem is my question did they tell you that um I'm not sure. They didn't exactly tell me if it was that or not. But I mean, I am assuming that it is that since like uh, I'm only like being affected by it during uh, certain times of the month when my hormones are like being fixated, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So. And also when you were on the pill, did it fix the symptoms or no? Um, It took a while. Mm -hmm. It took a while. And even now, sometimes it's like sometimes I feel how I used to feel. But I guess right now I'm kind of more just like neutral. Okay, great. So let's talk about that for just a minute here. Again, don't take medical advice from an astrologer. <laughs> slash let me talk about your, your hormones. So in your birth chart, you have got, um, we look to the fifth house to find your menstrual cycle or one's menstrual cycle. And you have the zodiac sign of Scorpio intercepted in your fifth house. The ruling planet of Scorpio is Pluto. That is responsible for so much of what we've talked about. This placement, having Libra on the fifth house cusp, Scorpio intercepted, can often give you what seems like kind of like a pretty healthy cycle, like you bleed every month at the same time, uh, you bleed a pretty regular amount, I don't know what the fuck that means, but that Scorpio interception will give you really intense spikes of feeling. So it's a hormonal effect. It will sometimes give you really terrible cramping, I would imagine. 
Scorpio intercept the fifth house can do that. It can give you just like, you know, you go three months, whatever you cramp, but it's not a big deal. And then one month you're just like, the fuck is happening? And it's just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things that I would say about that. One is, you know, you will likely have your period for many, many years to come. And so I would recommend that at some point in your life, you find somebody who works with herbs or acupuncture. If you like, do you like needles? Are you okay with them? I'm okay with them. Okay. Um, Acupuncture could also be really good for you. You would want to go to an expert though, like somebody who is really experienced at working Mm -hmm. with these issues because your body is so fucking sensitive. So I would recommend trying that at some point because it's almost like, and I guess in a way, this is kind of what we've been talking about. Like things are kind of whatever they are, they're whatever they are, but then they start to pool. They like collect and there's this, again, we're talking about a fixed sign. So it gets stuck in your system there's no flow and then there's the cramping and then there's the moods right Mm -hmm. and so when I look at your birth chart and I see what that Pluto is in your sixth house and that the Scorpio is intercept the fifth your flight or fight mechanisms your drive to feel safe and for you being safe means being powerful like not not being subjugated by situations or people at all Mm -hmm. It becomes really somatic, a.k.a. it becomes very rooted in your body. And so I imagine that your period's not the only thing that like sometimes is a pain in your ass and sometimes is totally fine. Is that correct? You have like weird stuff that comes and goes, right? Mm -hmm. It's because a lot of what you do is you suck it up and you like take on the energy. You suck it up and you take on the energy. And then eventually... For no no rhyme or reason, your body's like, no, I can't do this. And then all of a sudden you're sick or you feel just like super terrible and crappy mentally or emotionally. This is, again, why I recommend yoga. Not that I think yoga is a cure-all because I actually don't like yoga myself. But I, mm-hmm. I do think that it is a form of body work that addresses the mind that is good for somebody like you who has a hard time letting go of control. Yeah. It's like a way of letting go of control. And I would say like... You know, a lot of people might recommend meditation, but for you, if it doesn't include your body, if you're not like pushing yourself on some level to like get into a stretch or whatever, I don't know that you would do it. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's possible for sweaty yoga to be COVID safe. I don't know. Maybe it Mm -hmm. is, but I don't can't imagine it is. But that would be the ideal form of yoga for you because you do you like saunas. Do you like hot spots? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You got Pluto and Sagittarius. It's in the sixth (laughs) house. So sweating would be such a good distraction for you. Like you wouldn't be so focused on your thoughts if you were sweating your balls off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that would really help you. You know, if you can find something that you can do that challenges your body, but the point is to calm your thoughts Mm -hmm. instead of just the point is to like smash a ball across a line, which is good. But in addition to that, I think that'll really help. I also would imagine, I'm not saying that I think there's something wrong with you hormonally, but I would imagine that there's something going on there that could be treated so that you have more flow and release in your life, you know, around Mm -hmm. your cycle. So even though I think what I've just given you is excellent advice, I'm not recommending that you pursue that advice in the next year or two. And the reason why is because you're going through a bunch of fucking Neptune transits. And when we go through Neptune transits, we often got like weird diagnoses. So I'm going to pause myself and I just want to check in. Have we been addressing your question? Is there anything else that's kind of coming up around this issue? I would say that we are addressing um, my question. What kind of comes to mind is like with my boyfriend, it's hard for me to like, he's the type of guy that like is okay with taking the long road. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And it's yeah. really hard for me to be like, why are you going this way? Yeah. You know, like, why not just go like straight like there? It's faster. Like, yeah. Come on, you know? Yeah. Faster is always better. Yeah. That's, I guess that's uh, just one point that I was curious about. But mm-hmm. so yeah. are you curious about why he's willing to go the long road or why you're not? Maybe both. I just don't understand, mm-hmm. like, why. It's so on both annoying. Ends. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Fun fact, I told my partner that I was going to do this reading, and I described it was like a one-line 
question. So I like described your question and he was like, oh my God, you're doing a reading for yourself. Because <laughs> if he and I ever have a fight in the car, it's because I'm like, you know that the speed limit is actually higher than what you're going. Like, why are you taking this? Route? I'm the same, same problem. Like, I don't get that at exactly. all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uranus. It's Uranus and Mars. So the Uranus moon opposition that you have is always making you think about the next thing. Mm -hmm. So you're just like, well, why, why would we be here longer than we have to? Even mm -hmm. if you don't even want to be there, you still want to get there fast because you can, right? Yeah, exactly. The other thing is Mars. Mars and Uranus are the two most impatient planets in the Zodiac, and they're both really strong in your birth chart. Mm -hmm. And also Leo. Leo is just like my way. It's just my way. Like, are we clear that it's my way? So yeah. if you're in the car alone, do you ever drive slow and enjoy it? Not really. Okay. Definitely the speed limit, but I won't drive slower. Slow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Does he ever do that or is he always slow? I'd say he's pretty slow most of the time. <laughs> okay. What will you say his name? We're gonna we're gonna beep it out of the podcast. Okay. Uh that's not his full name. Will you say his full name? Oh yeah. There it is. Okay, thank you. He's just not in a rush. Mm -hmm. Not an annoying answer. I imagine when you ask him why he's driving slow, he says because he's just not in a rush. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Pretty he's much. Just, yeah. He's just not in a rush. He's just chill. He's like thinking other thoughts. He's like definitely enjoying whatever moment he's in. Mm -hmm. He's not he's not focused on tomorrow or in an hour at all. Yeah, he's not. At mm -hmm. all. Does he have a job? He does. Yeah. We actually work together. You do. Does he do the same mm -hmm. thing as you? Yeah, he does. At work, does he work efficiently? Like, does he get shit done? When he wants to. Uh-huh. But you yeah. do it all the time, whether or not you want to. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, he's just not that pressed. That's literally all mm -hmm. it is. Like, he's, he's not exactly chill, but I don't know if he smokes weed or not, but he kind of has that personality of somebody who, like, doesn't need to smoke weed because he's chill. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. I'm sorry, because it's literally like I could look at his birth chart and be like, oh, this is the reason why. But it kind of doesn't matter. What matters is mm -hmm. that he doesn't take it personally most of the time when you're annoyed with him, which is a gift from God. Because if he yeah. was taking it personally <laughs> all the time, you guys would be fighting all the time. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he he likes it that you're ambitious. You're very ambitious, eh? I am, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's not ever going to compete with you. He doesn't want to compete. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. And also it annoys you sometimes because you're just like, totally. why wouldn't you try? Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and you're real young, so you're not like trying to get married or anything yet, eh? No. Okay, great. Congratulations. Good. Then the problems with him are not a problem. Like if you decided that yeah. you wanted kids, he would be a difficult person for you to do that with. Unless he was like, you know, I'll stay home with the kid. You go out and have a job. That would work for you. Otherwise, this he would drive you fucking nuts and it wouldn't be cute anymore. You know, but like as long mm -hmm. as you're just dating and like having a nice life together and you're not sharing responsibilities, this is not a real problem. It's annoying, but it's not a real problem from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you do you want human babies? Uh, Eventually. Mm -hmm. Not anytime soon, but yeah, yeah. Later. I mean, a lot of times people with Uranus opposite the moon don't want kids. And so if at some point you're like, huh, I thought the feeling would really come for me and it didn't come for me. Uh, remember my words. It's not that surprising. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to have a full life. So I'm not saying don't yeah. have kids. I'm just saying the Uranus and also having Mars in between your sun and moon. Yeah. Parenting could be pretty annoying for you, which doesn't mean mm -hmm. you shouldn't do it or you won't do it. But it's okay if you don't want to. I will put that in the mix. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Now, there's one last thing I did want to tell you before we end, which is that mm -hmm. Neptune is sitting on top of your midheaven, and this is a two-year transit, and it's about to start squaring your Saturn. And it can just kick up a lot of anxiety and uncertainty about what you're doing and how to take care of yourself, like how to navigate where you need to go in your life. And so I want to just, first of all, let you know, like, this is kind of a long period. It's two years, but it's only two years. It's not your whole life. 
And this transit does kick up anxiety. And so because you have a nature, when you start to feel any kind of bad feelings, you're like, go hard, go fast, go away. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work well. So again, this is part of why I was like, try yoga. Because this transit from Neptune sitting on top of your chart and squaring your Saturn, both of them will basically want you to find meaning. Mm -hmm. Find meaning in how you feel, find meaning in your work, in your life, whatever it is. And so it can make you feel anxious when you don't feel that there's meaning. And this might also trickle into your relationship where you're like, what does it mean that he's like this? Like, where is this going? Instead of being able to say, it's healthy for us now. And I don't need to fucking understand all of it in order to know that it's healthy for me now. And that is going to be really important for you over the next couple of years. And that being able to do that, to take that attitude will require that you have the ability to slow down and like shift out of survival mode. Do you know what I'm saying? The truth is you're not going to end up in your parents' relationship and be your mother. That's not going to happen. You need to make sure you don't end up in a relationship as your father. Yeah. And he's not a man who's done a lot of reflecting in his life. And so no. The work, the, the way to not become like him in the ways that you don't want to be like him is to be able to sit with these are my emotions and this is actually what I want to do in my situation. Like I'm allowed to have my emotions, but this is what I'm actually going to do about them, as opposed to having to act at 100 percent on all of your emotions at all times, which is kind of like right. your dad's move. Right. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some like, you know. Some fun, some fun things to put in your pipe for smoking at various times in life as it needs to come up. Yes, thank you. My pleasure. Do you have any other questions for me? No, I believe that's all. Thank you. Fabulous. It is my pleasure. I'm so glad we got to do this. Yes, me too. I really appreciate it. Thank we'll take you. really good care, eh? You as well. Thank Bye. You. Bye. The city of Atlanta has leased 381 acres of the Wielowney Forest on stolen Muskogee land to the Atlanta Police Foundation for a police military facility funded by corporations. The Atlanta Police Foundation is building a police militarization facility for police to train in urban warfare. The plans include military-grade training facilities, a mock city to practice urban warfare, explosive testing areas, dozens of shooting ranges, and a Black Hawk helicopter landing pad. Here are some ways for you to support the defense of the forest in Atlanta. Donate to the Atlanta Solidarity Fund at atlsolidarity.org to support legal costs for arrested protesters and ongoing legal action. Call on investors in the project to divest from Cop City and the builders of the project to drop their construction contracts. You can get information about all of this at defendtheatlantaforest.org and learn more about Cop City at stopcop.city. Okay, I have an announcement, and it's effective for the month of February on Ghost of a Podcast. In honor of Black History Month and Valentine's Day, I am dedicating the listener questions to Black love for the month of February. So if you're Black, send me questions about anything that even remotely touches on the topic of love. I'm talking self-love, the love of art or work, romance, of course, romantic love, give it to me, familial love, anything related to the issue of love. Just make sure to use the hashtag Black love in your questions so I can search for it and it will come up. So go ahead and send me your questions. I'm ready for you. Okay, so I got lots to say before we get into the details of this week. And I know that not everybody loves my preambles, but, you know, this feels like an important one. So just stick with me or, you know, maybe when you have a bandwidth, come back to it. Okay, let's pull back a little bit and talk about astrology for a minute. So astrology has been used for a millennia, right? It's been around through cultures and time. And for most of the time that astrology has been around, it has only been available to rulers, kings and queens, and people with great power and resources. This is because in order to be an astrologer, you had to be a scholar. You had to dedicate your life to not only the study of the meaning of astrology, but also 
casting charts is a great amount of math. You make the tiniest error and your predictions are inaccurate. They're kind of useless. And so in order to have a reliable astrologer, they really needed to be uh, an excellent and precise technician in addition to good at interpreting the meaning of things, right? But things have changed with computers and in particular with the internet. Uh, Astrology is accessible to so many people, to pretty much everybody if you want to, you know, do some studying and learn about it because the barrier of math uh, isn't there. And, you know, you can Google stuff. You have access to astrology. So there's a lot more people who are studying astrology and using astrology in many ways, to which I say, fuck yeah, that is awesome. But for the bulk of time, astrology and, and, you know, horoscopes, I'm not talking about weekly horoscopes, I'm talking about forecasting, reading horoscopes. It hasn't just been used for individual fates. It certainly hasn't been primarily used for like love and romance, although we love love and we love using it that way. It's been used to understand collective conditions. It's been used to time events to make use of energy for big impact in the world, as well as in one's individual life, right? And this is really important because we are in a unique position. We, the people, the 99%, if you will, can use astrology to plan our movements. Now, I mean that like our movements as individuals, but our movements are collective movements, our movements for social justice to fight against restrictive and oppressive regimes, right? And this is really powerful. But in order to use astrology in this way, we must study astrology and pair that study with the study of history to understand what was happening in the last three or six times that Saturn was in a particular zodiac sign really teaches you what you can expect and what the overarching themes uh, and lessons are. We can see what's more likely to work and less likely to work. And this is really important. Now, anyone who studies history or, you know, is into politics in any kind of a big way knows that, uh, you know, themes, they tend to repeat themselves. But the thing is, is that you can't know if history is repeating itself if you don't, A, know your history, and B, know what the hell is happening in the world around you. If you are not paying attention to the world, if you're not engaged in the world, which includes but is not limited to consuming news in a responsible way, it's hard to know what's happening, which means it's hard to know how to engage, how to be impactful, right? And so as hard as it is, as difficult as it is, I do want to encourage you to stay engaged. I do want to encourage you to not allow empathy fatigue to compel us to stick our heads in the sand or become complacent because this is not the time for that. Pretty much since I started this podcast, I have been talking to you about the transit of Uranus and Taurus. And I have been naming that the last time this happened was during World War II, where a lot of really bad things happened uh, in a lot of places around the world. That's how it got its name. Just fun fact. World War. And you may have been hearing me talk about this and been like, well, you know what? It's been it's been a couple of years now. Uh, There's no world war, so we should be fine. What we have is a lead up period, right? So kind of like, you know, I talked to you about the Saturn return and the Saturn return happens, you know, lasts however long it lasts, a couple of weeks, up to a year. But you feel it building for two years. The conditions build and build and build until the event happens. And we call that event the Saturn return. And then you go through all this maturization. The same is true with uh, social and political events. Things don't just happen uh, kind of out of the clear blue sky. They develop over the course of time. And we are seeing through this transit of Uranus in Taurus, the evolution of our values or the lack of evolution of our values as a collective. We are seeing how little or how much people care. After the violent murder of George Floyd, we saw the spike in protests. We saw the spike of uh, civic engagement from so many people. People cared. And as that transit of Uranus and Taurus was active, it wasn't the only thing active, but as it was active, we saw enough people valued fighting against the oppressive and violent police state that we live in. People valued taking to the streets and, and being engaged in social movements. 
Our values must be integrated so that we can live by them. Otherwise, they're passing fancies. Again, you want to remember values are governed by Venus. And the planet Venus can be related to, again, deep and abiding values or flights of fancy, things that we aesthetically like, you know, like changing your profile image. It's like a look that says, this is what I care about. But it isn't inherently substantive. It may be or it may not be. And that's the trick with our values. You know, if they are just being embodied on surface levels, we can't sustain them. And even if they're embodied on a really deep level, sustaining uh, a life that reflects our values takes a great amount of effort and often consistency. That is hard, especially hard, given the fact that we are living through uh, a recession. We are living through uh, a time of increased violence and increased uh, division. We are living through a global pandemic. It's a lot, right? It's a lot. I want to just ground you into this. For as long as Uranus is in Taurus, which Uranus is going to be in the zodiac sign of Taurus through 2026, so we got a long time for this transit, right? We are as a collective and as individuals that make up a collective on call to identify our values and make sure that we are on a material level living in ways that reflect those values. And when we see violence and cruelty and hate-based behaviors to any group of people, right, we must not just value our outrage or our hurt, but also our commitment to embodying love and care for those affected, especially if we ourselves are not affected. Within this devastating time where just in the U.S. alone, we have seen the amount of anti-trans bills that have been proposed in this year alone, 2023 alone, as of the 28th, is 210. 210. Trying to outlaw trans existence? The fuck? In this past week alone, we have seen two mass shootings in California on the Lunar New Year. We have seen further evidence of how policing since 2020 has gotten worse. They've put more money into police, and we have seen greater violence from the police, especially to black and brown bodies, but especially to black bodies. And, you know, the news is, is comparing the horrific beating and murder of Tyree Nichols to the horrific beating of Rodney King, which I think is complicated to say the least. But I will say from an astrological standpoint, when the cops viciously attacked Rodney King, that was in the last transit of Saturn in Aquarius, where we find ourselves now. And the result of it was a people's uprising. Here we are the fuck again, right? Again. George Floyd, Tyree Nichols, these are, these are not the only names that we need to say. And how many names are we going to say before we take action, before we make change? I wish I had the answer. But we must care. We must be educated and we must care. And, you know, obviously this is not a news podcast, right? And I'm naming a couple things that I am aware of that deeply impact my heart. But there's so many other things happening. So Uranus and Taurus is an opportunity for revolution, but that's not the only thing that I want to remind you of. I want to remind you that we are still going through the Pluto return of the United States, right? This is a time of revolution within this nation. It is a time where we will see our democracy fall. We will see our democracy be destroyed or we will rebuild it. And if we do not have people-led movements forcing change, the changes that happen, we will not like. And I am saying this, yeah, as an astrologer, but also if you have ever studied any history of any place, any time in the world, you know that people with power do not give up their power just out of the goodness of their hearts. That's not how that works. People-led movements create power for the people. They don't always work. But not doing anything, that for sure doesn't work. Like that is got a 100% failure rate. Doing nothing gets you nothing. Nothing better anyways, right? So the Pluto return of the United States is meant to confront us with our core wounds as a nation, with our deepest shadow, with the parts of ourselves that need healing, 
that are furthest from healing. And policing is a big part of that. There are so many parts to what needs repair within this nation. But I want to just remind you that in 2023, we are still very much in this. And if we can remain in it together, if we can remember the work that we as a collective have to do for each other, this won't only help us as individuals and within our kind of immediate communities, but it will help the nation and it will help the world. It has the potential to anyways. And we also have the potential to fail, to burn ourselves out and to fail. Doing nothing is always an option, but it's not, it's not a good option. It's not a values-based option for people of conscience. Now, I just want to name one more thing, which if you've heard the year ahead horoscope, you've already heard me reference. But when Saturn was in Pisces, 1933, We had the beginning of the Holocaust, not the beginning of the World War, but the beginning of the Holocaust. And if you're aware of what happened for the 10, 20 years leading up to the Holocaust, you can see alarming parallels to what is happening in the United States, culture and legislation. Increasing violence, uh, increasingly attacking artists and intellectuals, creating increasingly more restrictive legislation, having more violence on the streets. It's very similar, right? And again, it is important to be aware of this. I'm not saying any of this to frighten you. I'm saying this because we cannot look at what is happening in this nation and be like, oh, well, it's always been fucked up here. We can't look at what's happening in this nation and be like, oh, well, life is unfair. These are exceptional times and we are living under exceptional circumstances. And it takes making an effort to try to be a part of the solution. Tiny part of the solution is good. Just be a part of a solution in some way. And that requires, again, your awareness, your activation, your education. None of us knows everything about everything. None of us can be an activist for all causes all at once. It's okay that you have to pick some things to focus on, even though your heart may break about all the other things that aren't getting your attention. But it is important that you you find a way to be engaged in these problems. Okay, I know it's a lot. Thank you for sticking with me. Now I'm going to get to your horoscope, your weekly horoscope. We are looking at January 29th through February 4th of 2023. So I want to acknowledge Mercury retroshade. C'est fini. It's over. We're done with that. Wonderful. Mars retroshade still happening. Okay. So just so you know, we're still moving through that Mars retroshade, but both of those retrogrades are done. It's good to be mindful of the retroshade. Now, On the 29th, we have two exact transits. The first one is a sun trine to Mars retroshade, and the other is a Mercury trine to Uranus. Gratefully, luckily, happily, these are fabulous transits. The sun trine to Mars is empowering. It's a transit that can bolster your sense of courage, your sense of uh, resiliency. If there's something that you need to deal with or that you want to do that takes bravery, that takes courage, that, you know, is requires playfulness or just a lot of energy, this is your transit. Sun trying to Mars can be a really fun transit as well because the sun is your will, Mars is your ego, your passions, and you can basically act in ways that you feel like you're being true to yourself. And that's especially true if you have planets at around 10 degrees of Aquarius or Gemini or any sign that is uh, aspected by Aquarius or Gemini. So that's the sun trine to Mars. It is lovely. Oh, I guess I should add, if you are looking to have fun, like adult fun with another adult, consenting adult, this is a great transit for you. I mean, again, it's great for sex. It's great for spirited flirting, you know? So if you're looking to get some, this is a great transit for feeling good about yourself and trying to make that happen. Okay. The other transit that is exact on the 29th is a Mercury trying to Uranus. This transit is excellent for innovation. It's excellent for uh, communication and for listening with a really open mind. So therefore, it's really great for learning something new. Mercury trying to Uranus isn't inherently that helpful, especially because the sun is trying to Mars for focus or for like 
long, protracted concentration. So if you do really want to study something, I recommend, uh, you know, giving yourself whatever amount of time, like 20 minutes or whatever works for your brain, and then getting up, doing some stretches or like, you know, whatever, distracting yourself and then coming back to whatever it is you're trying to focus on, because that will make it a lot easier to get through a lot of things that you need to concentrate on. Mercury trying to Uranus is great for making friends, for having like fun communication with people. Mercury governs the platonic side of our relationships. And so when it forms a trying to uh, very sparkly, innovative and changeable Uranus, we can often find ourselves in situations where our plans kind of take a left turn and it's fun. Or we meet new people and we just have like a really nice interaction. So be open if you can, you know, get your little butt out there. Uh, talk to people. I mean, chat, chat with the people, have fun. Now, if there's stuff going on at work where you're like, uh, should I talk to my boss or should I talk to my team about X? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Uh this transit is excellent for having communications go better than expected because everyone's a little more open, right? And again, this is especially true if you have planets at around 15 degrees of an earth sign or any sign that is benefically aspected by the zodiac sign of Capricorn or Taurus. Get capiche? It's nice and grounded. It's really, it's a great couple of transits for this day, and we're going to be feeling it for a couple days at the start of the week. On February 1st, we have a sun sextile to Chiron. This is a bolstering transit. Chiron always kind of, you know, we're dealing with core wounds. We're dealing with a difficulty in some essential way in being here. But the sun is the center of your own energies, your psychological, your physiological, um, your spiritual vitality right? And the sun sects out to Chiron can embolden or empower the parts of you that have a hard time really showing up uh, or kind of tend to like shrink or fall apart uh, when they get too much attention. So this is a really great transit in that regard. If there's something that you're working really hard on in your healing journey, in your therapy, whatever, this transit is very supportive for that. So don't shy away from difficult truths. Don't shy away from, you know, kind of scary but true content because the sun sextile to Chiron is empowering for you to be able to effectively cope. And effectively means something really different for you than it does for me, or it might mean something really different for you today than it did a month ago. So don't be a judgy jerk towards what is uh, kind of good for you or how much you can do. It's really important that you value whatever amount of progress you can make. I know I'm saying that a lot lately, but we're stepping closer and closer to a lot of Piscean energy, and I can't say it enough. It's really important to validate where you're starting from and whatever progress or advancements you can make from that place. Aha. Okay. And then that brings us, my friends, to Friday, February the 3rd. And on that date, we have a sun square to Uranus. Now, this transit is destabilizing. So the start of the week, we have these very fortifying, stabilizing transits that can empower you to confront or engage with things that would otherwise be quite intimidating or challenging, right? It's not a get out of jail free card. That's a Monopoly reference, by the way. But it certainly is a great deal of wind hitting your sails. That's a sailing reference. Now, on the 3rd, that sun square to Uranus, we're going to be feeling this on the 2nd of February, the 3rd and the 4th of February. What we're likely to be feeling is a lot of disturbing energies. And what it requires is classic Uranus stuff. It requires that you are flexible and adaptable. That's generally pretty difficult when we're dealing with fixed energies as we are, because what we tend to do when we're feeling when we're dealing with fixed energies is dig in our heels, you know, insist that it has to be done our way, or if it's not happening in the way we thought it should, or we think it should, uh, that it has to be wrong. But what Uranus actually wants of us is to be adaptable, to investigate your uh, response to surprises and to changes, especially if the, that response is anxiety. Because 
a lot of times we feel anxious when things come at us from out of nowhere, right? And on the one hand, that is what it is, and that's fair enough. And on the other hand, it's because we have this illusion of control, right? And then when Uranus comes, it reminds us you got no control. Things happen because they happen sometimes. And so to the best of your ability, it is important for you to be curious about your own reactions to whatever it is that's happening within you and in the world around you, right? The sun squared Uranus can bring really abrupt changes. Again, things that feel like they're coming out of nowhere, and that can be really frustrating. What's worse is the destabilization that Uranus brings tends to make us anxious because Uranus governs the nervous system. So it's hard to focus. It's not clear what we're supposed to do, that kind of thing. It is possible that you will be dealing with anger and frustration. That may be your own or those emotions in others. And if you're like walking through the world or, you know, at work or whatever, people being angry sometimes comes across as them being judgy or cold or any number of things. It's not always clear what people are feeling, partially because it's not always appropriate for people to share what they're feeling and partially because people have a hard time with frustration and anger. They have a hard time expressing it, identifying it, all that kind of stuff. And so it's valuable for you to be inquisitive. It's value for you to be curious instead of trying to be conclusive because we are unlikely to be able to make sense of what's happening during this transit. This is the transit where whatever it is that comes up, you want to give it 72 hours to uh, kind of play itself out before you make any assessments if possible. This is a terrible, terrible time for trying to create stability and security. It's a terrible time for making final decisions, uh, especially if you are being directly impacted by this transit, like if this transit is hitting your birth chart specifically, which would only happen if you have any planets or important points in a zodiac sign that is directly affected by Aquarius, where the sun is, or Taurus, where Uranus is, okay? Okay, so this transit is kind of all over the place. It may make you feel scattered. It may make you feel uh, stressed. And you can plan for that, right? You can't plan for it in a way that you can control things, but you can plan for it in a way where you can shift your expectations to expect the unexpected. uh, And that can really help. Now, one last thing I'll say about this transit is Uranus can make us accident prone because our energy is like distracted, So if you're riding your bike, if you're driving your car, if you're out in the world, just look where you're going. You know what I mean? Don't text and walk. You could fall on your sweet face. Pay attention to what you're doing so that you don't have to deal with accidents and disruptions that make you unhappy, basically. Okay. And that brings us to the last transit of this week. On the 4th, we have a Venus square to Mars. Now, Venus square to Mars is not a problematic square. I think it's a pretty fun square, actually. But it is overlapping with the sun square to Uranus. So that gives us a problem. Because Venus is all about diplomacy. And Mars is all about action, right? Venus is like, well, what do you need? How can we figure out what's good for both of us? And Mars is like, I'm going to take what I need. uh, And I'll deal with the consequences later. You know, it'll be fine. And so when these two planets form a challenging aspect to each other, like a square, what we have is the potential to be more assertive about what we need without compromising on diplomacy completely. What we can have is fun flirtation. We can have a great time romantically, sexually, that kind of good stuff. And I, you know, I could mean in the act of these things or in the pursual of these things. Venus square to Mars tends to be pretty fun. It can be frustrating where things, again, are off kilter and you're not quite sure how to express yourself or people come across in a really awkward way that you're like, should I be offended or is this nice? Like, you know, that kind of a thing. But because of the sun square to Uranus, we have more abrupt and disruptive energy than we would have with Venus square to Mars on its own. And so, again, I expect that there will be kind of a a deepening and continuation of the sun square to Uranus. And what I'm going to be particularly on the look for is interpersonal struggles, interpersonal uh, conflicts. Now, if we're looking more on the collective, a sun square to Uranus can be incredibly disruptive. And it can be a time where, where there are very explosive 
things that happen. When you add Venus square to Mars in the world that we are living in, we may be dealing with, again, trans rights, uh, the rights of women, and the rights of basically everyone who is not a cis man, which can make cis men feel like it's about their rights. Mm -hmm. So we may be seeing some major gender-based conversations happening in the world um, or, you know, explosive, potentially really disruptive events around gender and potentially sexuality. We want to pay attention to the world and we want to participate to the best of our ability as frequently as we can. You can't always, right? Life. But to the best of your ability as frequently as you can. Now, I'm going to run through these transits for you just in case you are a note-taking kind of person. But I will remind you that I always publish the transcripts, you know, a couple day within a day or two of this episode coming out. So you can always go through the transcript as a way to help you to ground the data that I'm giving you. You can also subscribe to my web-based Astrologers Pro Tool, Astrology for Days, where there is uh, an ephemeris baked into the app and it tracks the exact moment that every transit occurs. And it has a handy section for you to store all of your notes, your predictions, your experiences. So it's a really great way to either aid your workflow if you're a professional or to facilitate your self-guided tour through the stars. Hmm? Not bad, eh? Okay. So on the 29th, we have an exact trine between the Sun and Mars and another exact trine between Mercury and Uranus. On February 1st, we have an exact sextile between the Sun and Chiron. On the 3rd of February, we have an exact square between the Sun and Uranus. And then finally, on the 4th of February, we have an exact square between Venus and Mars. And that's it. That's the activity in the stars for the week ahead. I want to thank you so much for joining me here. And I drop a bonus episode of Ghost of a Podcast on the first of every month where I do a full breakdown of the month ahead, detailing all of the transits for the month that is just to come. And I do that on the kittens level of my Patreon. So you can go ahead and join me there to get all kinds of exclusive content. Very woo, very astrology, very woo. And also, it's a great way to support my work, which I super very much appreciate. This is also your uh, weekly reminder to go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. I've got some fun changes coming to Ghost of a Podcast later this month, which I'm excited to talk to you about. So yeah, hit that subscribe button, my friends, just in case a little something extra, a little something uh, surprising happens in the feed. Okay? Stay safe out there. Take care of yourself and others. And I will talk to you next week. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.